0: Esophageal cancer is a devastating and aggressive disease, but it can be beaten. Welcome to the GW Medical Faculty Associates Podcast. I'm Dr. Mike Smith, and today's topic, bringing awareness to esophageal cancer. My guest is Dr. Keith Mortman. Dr. Mortman is Director of the Division of Thoracic Surgery and an Associate Professor with the George Washington University School of Medicine, and Health Sciences. Dr. Mortman, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So esophageal cancer, I know, you know, I think when you say the word cancer to most people, lung cancer, brain cancer, colon cancer, breast, prostate, those are the, I think, the cancers that come to mind the most. And maybe maybe a lot of people don't realize that there is also uh, a type of cancer in the esophagus. So can you tell us a little bit about esophageal cancer and how common it is?
1: Sure. So uh, the esophagus is essentially the food tube, which connects the mouth to the stomach. And that tube is made of muscle. It's actually made of a couple of different layers of muscle. So the esophageal cancer tends to start from the very inside lining of the esophagus, and it can occur really anywhere along its tract. So it can occur in the esophagus, uh, the part that's in the neck, the parts that's in the chest, And then there's a small part in the upper abdomen before it hits the stomach. So, it can really occur anywhere along the tract. As a disease process, um, esophageal cancer, there are not as many patients diagnosed in the U.S. with esophageal cancer compared to some other cancers such as lung, breast, or colorectal cancer. But it can be an extremely um, uh, important disease process just because patients... Tend to ignore their symptoms um, sometimes, um, so that the disease can progress a little bit further before this comes to medical attention.
0: Yeah, I and I definitely want to talk with you about that, Doctor Mortman. And you and I have actually discussed this before: the importance of you know getting checked out, you know, early diagnosis when it comes to to beating uh, really any any type of cancer. Uh, so let's talk a little bit then about who is at risk for esophageal cancer, and what are some of those symptoms that, that people should be aware of?
1: So when it comes to um, the type of cell that the esophageal cancer can arise from, we break it down to two types, essentially something called an adenocarcinoma, which is more common than the United States, and then the squamous cell carcinoma. Um, basically, with the first type, the adenocarcinoma, the person who is most at risk for that usually has a long history of reflux, And with that, they can get changes to the inside lining of the esophagus to the lower part of the esophagus near the stomach. Um, Some of these changes can be discovered on a routine um, endoscopy with a gastroenterologist, where they may be able able to see some of these subtle changes directly when they visualize the lining, and then it can be confirmed with biopsies. The, The second type, the squamous cell carcinoma, tends to occur a little higher up in the esophagus. And these are patients who typically have a history of um, alcohol abuse and uh, smoking use.
0: And I assume the symptoms are, are similar regardless, regardless whether it's the adenocarcinoma or the squamous cell. Tell us a little bit about uh, the things um, people should be aware of. Like if somebody has reflux, what are some of those symptoms?
1: So the symptoms are are more the the heartburn symptoms, which uh, typically occur lower in the chest, but if severe enough, can actually come higher up into the chest uh, and into the throat. Um, So certainly we encourage um, any patient, if they have a history of uh, reflux, Um, that has not been evaluated, that has not been treated, to certainly start with their primary care physician. Um, uh, There is a variety of different uh, medications that can be used for mild cases of reflux and oftentimes more severe cases, cases that don't respond to to some of these straightforward medications. Some of these patients may require um, an upper endoscopy or direct visualization with a
0: gastroenterology expert. When you mention reflux uh, is there is there a difference between you know ev- occasional heartburn and reflux are those two different processes
1: They're essentially the same process I mean the the heartburn is is the symptom that a patient feels from the reflux
0: And so when somebody if so again somebody has chronic issues with with reflux maybe they haven't been fully evaluated we want to get that person in get checked out right because again like I mentioned and and we've talked before Dr Mortman that Early detection is is really key, right? With just about any cancer,
1: that 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 is the key. That is the key. And in patients who who have these symptoms for, and we're not talking about somebody who just started having reflux and maybe's had it for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. It's usually more of a chronic process. So if somebody has had this for a long time, whether it's several months or more and they either haven't been treated at all or their symptoms are not responding to their current treatment, that's really when they want to follow up their primary care physician to go on to that next step. Because if somebody does does have an upper endoscopy and if a biopsy shows certain types of changes, some of the changes can be more precancerous in nature Um, and there's different surveillance or follow-up protocols that we can follow with those patients. They don't necessarily need an operation right away.
0: If somebody is diagnosed with esophageal cancer, what are the treatment options and what usually is the outcome from those treatments?
1: So, again, I would say the most common symptoms that that patients have from esophageal cancer are are two. Um, One is what we call dysphagia or the sensation of food getting stuck. Um, Somewhere in the middle part of the chest, that's the most common symptom that we see. And it's usually um, more to solid foods um, before it then progresses to difficulty getting liquids down. And and then the other one would be weight loss. Those are the two most common symptoms that we see. When it comes to treatment, the, the treatment, like most other cancers that we see, really depends upon the stage of the cancer, how early or advanced it is. So if we have a patient that presents with an early stage 1 esophageal cancer, for instance, that's somebody who can potentially be cured with surgery alone. Um, uh, Patients who might present, for instance, with a stage 3 esophageal cancer where the tumor is a little bit bigger, now it's starting to involve some of the adjacent lymph nodes, most of these patients are going to require what we call multimodality treatment where we might need to treat them with chemotherapy and radiation possibly then followed by an operation. So the important thing, again, is, is do not ignore your symptoms. Right. Follow up with your primary care doctor so that this can be evaluated further.
0: Right. And so uh, a lot of information we covered in this short time, Dr. Mortman. So is there anything that you would like, in summary, is there anything that you would like the audience to know about esophageal cancer?
1: I think any cancer can certainly be um, uh, a daunting or scary uh, diagnosis to to face. I think it's important to know that a place like GW, we have um, multidisciplinary care teams that involve surgeons, medical oncologists, radiation oncologists, radiologists, and, and pathologists, as well as other experts, so that we can really individualize our treatment for each patient and to really optimize their outcomes.
0: Dr. Mortman, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing and thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to GW Medical Faculty Associates Podcast. For more information, go to gwdocs.com. That's gwdocs.com. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.